0: Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. It's so lovely to be able to be here with you today and I just want to start off by praying with you. Father God, I pray that this message today would bring hope to people. I pray, Lord, that people would... Look to you again. They're where they have perhaps lost their hope, they would choose to look to you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, quite a long time ago, in 1997, in South Africa, Wayne and I, we had a dream. We had a dream that we wanted to travel. We wanted to travel to go see the UK, uh, Toronto, and New Jersey. So we saved like crazy putting away our money to eventually have enough to go. We were quite spontaneous in our travel plans. We uh, booked our tickets, took our four-year-old and 18-month-year-old on the trip and we had a reserved car at Gatwick with no accommodation booked whatsoever. Now you must remember this is in the time before uh, Google and uh, so we were totally reliant on our AA Atlas and for those who don't know what that is it's a map book with paper pages and we had to go to the tourist information people to go and find out where was the best places to stay and to visit. So When we arrived we were intrigued by this place called St Fagans and this is an open air museum in Wales and we really wanted to go and visit but we had to ask we had to ask people can you tell me how to get there how can we get there we had to ask those questions and um So this this museum, they said there was going to be all the Welsh history and the architecture and how people lived. And they said the best way to get there was to cross over the Prince of Wales bridge that connected England to Wales. Well, we had to ask, and I know a lot of us are not really good at asking and especially men don't like to ask, can you tell me? How to get there. I, I'm not sure why, I, I, perhaps because we don't want to look ridiculous or seem foolish but sometimes going around in circles looks just as foolish when we don't ask. The, we had to ask a lot of times along the way and we had to believe what people were telling us and not doubt that when we got there we would see this museum in which we in fact did was a beautiful place. When you're going to a new place, crossing a bridge to a new destination, we need to ask questions and we need to believe. You know, there's a man in the Bible and his name is Thomas and he's not mentioned very often throughout scripture, just a few times. But one thing he does have is a bad rap. He's known and is called throughout the world, he's doubting Thomas because they say he didn't believe. Thomas is mentioned in John 14 on one occasion where Jesus has got the disciples gathered together and he starts to tell them that he's going to leave this earth and he's going to go and be with his father and one day he's going to return and take them to be with him. He's going to prepare a place for his disciples. And this is what it says in John 14. Uh, verse three to five. When everything is ready, Jesus said, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? The disciples said, often were confused by uh, Jesus's mysterious uh, conversations. Um, But you know, it was only Thomas in his honest and inquisitive way prompted him to ask the question, can you tell me the way? I have no idea where you're going. And you know, it's because of Thomas's question like that. We are left with the most profound statement in John by Jesus. He said to He said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Could you imagine if Thomas hadn't asked that question? We would not have had that answer to read. The way Jesus spoke to his disciples, yes, sometimes they were vague. Sometimes it took a while for them to understand what he was trying to tell them. But Jesus didn't care that they were asking questions. And the Bible for us, I think, can sometimes be hard to understand and and vague, but that doesn't mean we should stop asking the questions. And Jesus and, and the Father God never tires of us asking questions. I felt like that myself. Many times I've read something or I can't understand why I'm at a certain place and I've had to ask the questions over and over again in my life. We should not be ashamed of asking, can you tell me? Get that clarification from God. Tell me, ask him, tell me, ask the questions. Do you know that this could be the starting point to a most profound answer like what Thomas got? It could be the place where you find your breakthrough or an insight into something that you didn't know before. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 to 14 in the message says, When you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and you want more than anything else, I will make sure you won't be disappointed. God is interested in your questions and is interested in giving you answers. Some of you, I think, could identify with this. When raising children, there's a certain age that they come to and they're continuously asking why. You answer the why question to the best of your ability and they ask you another why question and and another why until you are left exhausted not knowing the answer. But fortunately, our God is not like that. He always has an answer. Jesus encourages us, ask. Matthew 7, 7 to 8 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, he'll find. And he who knocks, the door will be opened to him. This verse in the Greek, the way it's written is it's called the Present continuous tense. It means we have to keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. God never tires of us saying, Can you tell me? Our Father, He is all knowing, He has all wisdom, and He wants to tell us. You can see from this verse that it's almost progressive it's ask, then seek, then knock, and Knocking almost gives us this impression that there could be a, a resistance because if a door is closed, it's, there's resistance there. But it says we shouldn't give up knocking. Keep on knocking. Keep on knocking until that door is open because it's meant to be opened. I think the disciples, they found themselves too in, a, in this place of resistance at Jesus' death. They, they came to an empty tomb and they didn't know what had happened. Although Jesus had already spoken to them and said, I'm I'm going to be with my father. After three days, I will be raised from the dead. They came seeking, they came knocking, they came asking, and they couldn't find his body. They didn't believe. They said when the woman came to tell them, they said, you're just telling us idle tales. People who had actually seen Jesus, they they didn't believe. They were confused. But they kept on seeking. If you see, they, it wasn't only Thomas, you see, who doubted. Reading through the Gospels, you'll see no one, the chief priests, the governors, the disciples, assume that Jesus had risen when they saw that empty tomb. So many of us, we find ourselves in that same place, don't we, of confusion, of not understanding. And initially, we keep asking and and knocking and seeking. And this is what the disciples did. And when they were seeking, Jesus comes into a room to be with them. In fact, he comes through a closed door. And I want to read what happened In Luke 24, verse 36 to 43, this is what happened. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they'd seen a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, look at my hands, look at my feet, it's it's I, handle me, see. For a spirit doesn't have flesh, a spirit doesn't have bones, and I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still didn't believe, for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you got some food? So they gave him a piece of fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and he ate it in their presence. He had to get to the place where he had to say to them, if you give me some food, will that prove it to you that, that I'm real, that I'm, that I'm alive? If you notice throughout those few verses, there's words like doubts in your hearts and words like these were all plural. The disciples, all of them were struggling with questions, with doubts. But Jesus then convinced them that he was alive. Thomas, however, he wasn't there. And I don't know why he wasn't there. It's a mystery. Scripture doesn't actually tell us why he wasn't there. doesn't tell us why he was in the room and why he was doubting. But I think all Thomas really wanted was the same evidence that all the other disciples had received. After all, they didn't believe either. Until they had seen the news that Thomas possibly heard was perhaps a little too good to to be true, and when Thomas told the other disciples that he needed proof to believe that Jesus had risen, he was really speaking quite honestly. Thomas didn't reject what he'd heard; he simply wanted to prove things. And Thessalonians actually encourages us to do that. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, Test all things. Hold fast what is good. All Thomas was doing really was seeking. Sincere faith doesn't prohibit us from investigating, from seeking, from knocking, from asking the, the question, Can you tell me? when the resurrected Christ came into the room again eight days later to see Thomas. Thomas his immediate reaction to those scars that he saw on Jesus's body was absolutely wonderful. John 20 28 says the word spills out of his heart you are my Lord you are my God. See, in this asking and seeking and knocking period, Thomas finally received personal revelation of who Christ was, personal of there's not just a God, he's my God, he's my Lord. In our seeking, in our knocking, in our asking, we find true revelation for ourselves. Jesus. He's so loving. He lovingly met Thomas at his exact point of need and then guided him all the way back to faith. We can be honest. We can. We can be honest with God with our questions, with our doubts. He understands our struggles and he's capable of strengthening us and putting us back into faith. Like Thomas, we'll find that place where we can come back and say, "He's my God. He's my Lord." The Bible is quite clear in James 4 verse 8. It says, if you will draw near to God, he will draw near to you. It's in drawing close to God, prayerfully, asking, seeking, knocking. He's going to give you those answers that you're looking for. In conclusion, I, I want to share the last story of Mary Magdalene. She appears there at the tomb the day after the Sabbath. She arrives, and she peers into the tomb. She stoops down, and she sees it's empty, and she starts crying. And she turns, and she's weeping, and somebody asks her from behind and says, what are you seeking? Why are you weeping? And suddenly she recognized that this was not the gardener, but this was Jesus when she recognized that it was Jesus's voice she said oh Rabbana my teacher Jesus came and met her at her point of seeking he revealed himself to her as her teacher and what did she he tell her to do Jesus said to her, you go tell the other disciples that you have seen me and she went She went to the disciples, she went running back to them and said, I have seen the Lord. Her seeking, her weeping, her looking was not in vain. She found her teacher. I want to tell you today, I want to encourage you and my heart to tell you, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord like Mary too. I went asking, I went seeking. I went knocking and I found my Lord and my God. See, in my story, to find St. Fagans, I had to cross the, the Prince of Wales Bridge. But to find true life, true eternal life, I had to cross the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ's bridge to life eternal. And when... I discovered Jesus, I discovered true life. I discovered the door was open for me. There was no there, there. was no one in the tomb, Jesus had risen. He was my life. I found in Jesus that his death has brought me life, that his death has brought me forgiveness. I have seen the Lord, I've seen his scars. To me, they have brought me healing. In his blood, I have found forgiveness. I have found the Lord. And today, I want to ask you, have you found the Lord? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Are you looking? Are you asking? Because if you are, you will find him.
1: Thank you, Claire. We're back with Claire. And what I've got to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I was listening to your sermon, and you said you've seen the, the Lord. Mm. Have you physically seen Jesus?
0: No, I haven't physically seen him. It's a revelation on the inside of you. you. I think you have eyes on the inside of you. You see, and you understand, and you believe that Jesus is real. That's
1: yeah. Right. But, you know, when Jesus died and he went to heaven, he said, I'm going to send you a gift. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you a present. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. That's right. And the Holy Spirit does so much for, for us. Like what? What, what? Let's tell the people, what, what does he do for us?
0: Well, when we're struggling with answers, like I was preaching on, you don't know what to do, your decisions, he, he's your mm. helper, doesn't he? He yes. guides you. Mm. And um, he inside you get this knowing that you're on the right track. He fills you with peace.
1: I like the fact that he gives us a special language that we can talk to heaven in, that no one else understands, the Mm -hmm. devil doesn't understand. So we've got this hotline to heaven. I like that. And he's our God. That's right. And he's our friend. He is. And a comforter. So much the Holy Spirit gives Mm -hmm. us. And this is Pentecost Sunday. So we're remembering now when the disciples received the Holy Spirit. And I just wanted to read a verse to you, Claire, that I was blown away with. Uh, I was reading it this morning it's Acts chapter 10 mm-hmm. and verse 38 and just listen this is about Jesus now and, and uh, Peter is preaching and it says here in verse 38 of Acts chapter 10 this is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were pressed on the devil mm-hmm. even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit And that was the power that we got, that Jesus got on. And he did not do any miracles until he had the Holy Spirit on him. Mm -hmm. So when the power of the Holy Spirit came on Jesus, then he was able to move forward. Mm -hmm. So I think if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, do you
0: think we need the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. Do we think we need to ask? I think so. I have a verse here for you, Wayne. And it says in uh, Luke 11 verse 10 says for everyone who asks receives he who seeks finds and to him who knocks is opened and then verse 13 says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him
1: holy spirit
0: do you know what happened to me as a child well i was at home and a, a lady came to babysit me And she told me about Jesus. I was just a young girl. I was only eight years old. And I decided I wanted to meet Jesus and made him the Lord of my life. But then there was a a long period. And I would go to Sunday school and church. And then I made the decision one day to be baptized. And then somebody Met, met me at home one day and said you know what there's there's something else that you need in your Christian walk and that is to meet the Holy Spirit
1: wow and, and in your house in, my, in, church? in my house well, your so, church wasn't the I church, met Jesus or the or something. in my
0: house and the Holy Spirit in my house wow. so, so this, this lady she prayed for me yeah. in my home and she said you want when the Holy Spirit um, comes, when we pray for you, you, you might feel the anointing or of, of warm and you could actually start to speak in a new language. So I said, I, I would like that. So th- she prayed for me and there was just this lovely anointing, like warm feeling come over me and I started to speak in tongues, what wow. we call the heavenly language. That's amazing. And you know, from that moment when I was reading my Bible, it's like the light switched on. I, I could understand the Bible better. Because
1: it teaches us. The Bible says it's our
0: Remember, teacher. Remember, I said to Mary, mm. suddenly saw Jesus right. as Rabbana, her teacher. And the revelation of him being your true Lord and your true God just became so much more real when the Holy Spirit was on the inside of me. Now, I've
1: got to tell you my story. you know, got me all excited. I was a little boy, I was seven years old when I gave my heart to Jesus. Yeah, And it was, uh, it was great and I loved Jesus and uh, I knew him as my Lord and Savior. But I didn't have the Holy Spirit power on me. Mm. We didn't know about tongues or anything about the Holy Spirit. And I was so desperate for it. So in those days, and now this is a long time ago, you see these gray heads here, <laughs> right? uh, long time ago, we had these meetings and we'd go where, they're called receiving meetings. And I'd go to these meetings and I'd want the Holy Spirit and I'd sit and I'd listen and I'd say, Lord, please could I have, and I went to meeting after meeting after meeting. But so you then, were asking. I was asking. And that's what that verse actually says. So it was continuously asking. And it says in that verse, you will get the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Then one day, the whole youth group was at my house in our living room. (laughs) And uh, the minister came in and uh, he he started to pray with us. And I was sitting on an armchair, some friends around us, we were all laughing. And the Holy Spirit just came in the room My goodness, it was just like the book of Acts. It was like we were drunk. I was about 12, 13 years old at the time, and I tell you, there was laughter. We we were like, it was almost like we were drunk, and there's no alcohol in sight. It was purely the Holy Spirit, and I started to talk in this other language. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was just a couple of words. It sounded quite weird, but the the minister told us, he said, You know, the Holy Spirit's not going to come and possess you and take no. you over and next thing your body starts doing all funny things not at all he just said you, you need to start to speak out and believe and, and so I did that and I started off with a very simple like just sort of shut up or something like that And but I was, with faith I was believing that that is the Holy Spirit yeah. speaking and it just grew and next thing I knew this was like there was a knowing in my know just I knew this was real and every single day after that I started to practice my new language and I could talk now some um Forty-five years later, I pray every single day in the Holy Spirit, in tongues. What?
0: Why do you want to speak in a prayer language? Why is this important? It builds you up.
1: Sometimes I just don't know what to say. Mm. When someone phones me and says, oh, Wayne, I've got this problem. Can you pray for me? I don't know what to pray.
0: We don't have the English words, do we? But there's this... Praying in the Holy Spirit and praying the perfect words, and it's this, like you said, heartline to heaven. And sometimes when we hit a snag at work or at home, and you just start praying in the Spirit, and you can feel Him on the inside of you just rising up, and maybe He drops in your heart some wisdom.
1: That's right. Now, I want to pray for everyone. So we're going to pray for you right there yes. at home. Claire received the Holy Spirit at home. I received the Holy Spirit at home. In fact, my dad also received the Holy Spirit. He was in a car. Yeah. He drove up to the top of a mountain and he overlooked the city and he prayed in the car all by himself and said, Lord, I'd like the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just landed all over him and he landed up speaking tongues mm-hmm. too. So really, really great. I want you to just put your hand on your heart right now. And just, Thank now, you, Jesus. the Bible says the Holy Spirit's like, like the breath, mm-hmm. like wind. He's the mouth, the Greek word says. Uh, so we need to just, like, symbolically, just take a deep breath. In. Oh, I, I receive you, Holy Spirit. I'm breathing you in. I want Thank more of you. you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you come into mm-hmm. our rooms right Thank now? You, Lord. Our living rooms, our kitchens, our dining mm-hmm. rooms, wherever Thank we you, are. Jesus. Whether we're in England, in America, in India, in China, it doesn't matter where Thank we Lord. are. Holy Spirit, you are all over. Would you just breathe on us right now?
0: As Thank we breathe you, Lord.
1: in, fill us up right now.
0: Yes, Lord, thank you, you, Jesus. I thank Thank you, Lord. There's been people that perhaps searching and looking for you, Holy Spirit, and feeling a little apprehensive or embarrassed to to ask. But deep down in their hearts, they do want you to come and fill them on the inside. They want an experience with the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I pray right now that you would walk into each room, mm. that you would fill every heart that is asking, that is seeking, mm. that is knocking. Holy Spirit, fill each yes, one you, with Jesus. your empowerment, with your comfort, with your peace. Breathe on us, yes. Holy Spirit. Thank you,
1: Lord Jesus.
0: We receive you.
1: We're playing a song right now, it's, and it's, it's about five or ten minutes long. Mm. Why don't you just sit in the presence of Almighty God? There's no pictures, there's no mm. movie with this we just got the soundtrack for you thank because we want to focus on God. We mm. want to focus on the Holy Spirit. And don't stop right now. Just carry on to receive the empowerment. Mm. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you. The Word of God says if you ask, you will receive. So we're just receiving mm. more of His empowerment. And just by the way, if you've already had the Holy Spirit and you've, you've got the gift, well, why you believe God mm. for more? Price Top me. up. Don't be drunk with wine, the Bible says, but be drunk in the Holy Spirit. Be filled, be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's do that right now. Thank you Father that you're
2: filling me. come, oh, come, come, come,
0: come, 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 they waited in the
1: Stop. Now, don't stop, just carry asking the Lord Jesus to fill you. up. Thank you, God, for you
0: know,
1: for me for So cool, and
0: Thank you, Father, that you're filling this heart. the heart. Yes, Lord. As they waited in the upper room, the hundred and twenty, they waited patiently for you and you filled them with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in your tongue. So Lord, we're praying that you fall fresh on whoever's listening and full in